off. I've been on a bike tonight. Sorry for being late. I went on a bike today. Mine was a Boris bike. Was yours a Boris bike? No, mine was my 20-year-old Rally Max, nice. which I finally rode. I bought it 20 years ago, and I used it today. And on that exciting intro, I'll start the music. Today I was sitting there waiting for Mark to say something and then I realised why he was being really quiet. Carl's away again. You know, it's beginning to worry me. Carl's away, Mrs. Away. Nobody knows where either of them are. Shall we introduce you to some of our panel members? Hello, Rick. How are you doing? Not bad. No, enjoying your Although day. The tube, the tube drivers are revolting. Yes, and what are they doing when they're striking? Which means that um, makes it quite difficult for us. I tell you what, if I... If, if, if every time I had an argument with my boss, it, it inconvenienced a million people, I think um, I, I, I think differently about arguing about my boss. But I'm here. I went on a Boris bike, um, and I've finally got here. But I'm a bit late. Sorry about that. Are they as uncomfortable as they look? Boris bikes. Mm. You know what? They they the gearing's a bit low. So um, if you do any cycling at all, other than Boris bikes, you find that your legs are moving really, really quickly to get any pace. Right. I think they're limited. To, well, they're not limited, but they, they you can only go about, you know, 15 miles an hour on them. Which is 10 miles um, an hour faster than the rest of the traffic, so that should be fine. Yeah, yeah, you can nip in. It's, it, it's good. It's £2, I think, it cost me to cycle to thing, which is Waterloo to um, London Bridge to Waterloo, so it's fine. How are you? I'm all right. It's very kind what of you What have you done class. with Carl? Like I say, I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying. I'm. I'm just... Throwing it out there in case anybody's got the same suspicion that I've got. Up to his nuts, isn't he? he that's yeah, that's about seven foot four. <laughs> right, up next, um, running the show. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to be rude about this, but he's running it. It's not my fault. Mark. Mark, hello. How are you doing? Good evening. I'm not too bad. I've got no idea why same board isn't working. So it's going to be a very, very interesting experiment when I come to do all of this in the post. But Samboard might be working in the recording, just not that we... Yeah, just you not, you not might not be able to hear it. So as long as I'm recording in two tracks, and there's a slight possibility of that, given my track record of not pressing record, um, we'll see how it comes out. At least we've got a show. And joining us as a, not a last-minute replacement, as a substitute that's going to up the level of this show beyond anything it's ever been before. No pressure there, Pete. How are you doing, Peter Bird, from so many podcasts I haven't got time to mention? Oh, I'm all right. Just been very busy lately. But it's, <gasps> yeah, Did we hear I the know. B word? Excellent. How, how's the stars and how's the planets and all the other things that you're so much into? All the planets are hiding at the moment. It's the wrong time of year for them, unfortunately. So, Hibernating you know, planets. Well, we're in the wrong wrong part of the world at the moment because they're all underneath the uh, horizon when the when the sky goes dark well you just need to look at them during the day then yeah so, yeah i mean that's a photographer for you as, as they say in blackadder my medium is light 
<laughs> right, let's let's then move on. Right, we, we just to let everyone know, we are desperately trying to break Cole's show. So if anyone thinks this is bad, it's on purpose. Right. So look, we've got introductions. We've got Mrs. News Roundup, and as I say, Mrs. Away, Carl's away. Not casting anything out there. Just you know, just coincidence again. So we're going on to section three. Um, these are really well titled sections. I have you know all the effort that goes into them. So we're going to start off. Now, you may have heard something or you may have not, but there may be a little bit of audio to go with this next part. So I'm going to leave a little break here. Hi, I wonder if you can help me. I'm trying to use my App Store app here to purchase uh, a few items. It doesn't seem to be working. Um, Do you reckon you might be able to do it for me manually? Nothing's too much of a problem here in the Apple Store. Let me know what you want and we'll get it right up for you. Okay, so if you're ready to take my order... MacBook 12 inch 256s, please. Silver. And 11,201.3s. In the gold. And the same again if you don't mind with the Irish Pro Graphics AMD R9 M370X with the 2 gigs. Have you got all that? Good, good, good. So that's 200,000 MacBooks. Okay, I'll just nip out the back and see what we've got. Um, would you like a carrier bag with that? Oh, um, one last thing. Do you have a lightning cable? Oh, sorry. We're all out of stock on those. A friend of mine called Matt said you have a 14-day money-back guarantee. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Um, it's not Matt Barton, is it, by any chance? Yeah, yeah, it is, in fact. Uh, do you know him? <sighs> Everyone that Apple knows Matt and his 14-day money-back guarantee. Um, IBM reportedly plans to purchase up to two... What's that? 200,000 MacBooks for employees. Uh, it was learned in May that IBM planned to deploy some 50,000 MacBooks. Right, This is starting to go wrong already, this story. Have you noticed? Two employees by the end of 2015, but a new, uh, newly leaked video suggests the company could see adoption numbers between 150 and 200,000 units. Now, we all know that IBM and Apple are now best friends. It does seem a little bit that IBM is like, uh, they're not going Dutch with this deal. It looks like Apple have said, you know, you want to be our friends, you've got to pay for dinner and 200,000 of them if you like. So what do we think? IBM, why are they buying all these? I mean, I've read the story. I know what it says. Why do we think IBM are buying these? And I'm going to pick on Mark. Is it the case that they're dog fooding because they're saying to all their corporate customers, well, you should use Apple because we're in bed with them and they're turning around going, "Uh, hang on a sec, you're still using the old Windows thing? So if you're not eating your own dog food, then why should we sort of go down the line of your systems in uh, Apple corporate stuff? The Look at the article over on Apple Insider. It looks like it was a way of them getting the cost down to match that of PC units. Uh, there's a quote here in the story from somebody called Jeff Smith of, of, of a recent meeting with his counterpart at Apple, Niall O'Connor, about working together on a corporate device buying initiative from Smith's retelling. We've got to find a way to make the overall cost the same or lower than PCs to make that happen. Would you be interested in helping me do that because you guys know that you guys know these devices. And he said, no, Jeff, we never do that. Very secretive. We never allow anyone in. You know, we just don't do that. And I said, well, who's your largest corporate customer? And he said, well, that customer's got about 25,000 MacBooks a year. 
And I said, well, we could do 150 to 200,000. And he goes, Jeff, that's a great idea. We're going to come here, you know, next week, bring your whole team. And that's exactly what happened. There's no other thing here about somebody who spoke to someone at Apple, but um, it would be a bit of a shocker, wouldn't it, if they go ahead from this? You know, IBM being the corporate PC giant of yesteryear, uh, now buying Apple. Well, you know, you think about it exactly as you said. I mean, IBM have—they've uh, really got into bed with Apple on the corporate side, and it does look a bit odd if you know the person you're in bed with, you're not—you're not, you know, using the devices that you're actually trying to now sell off the back of being a partner. Peter, you're not eating, are you? No, I'm good. All right, have you got anything to add to what uh, Rick should be saying? <laughs> Right. Well, as for what should Rick should be saying, I'm not quite sure how I should answer that. So I'll try for an answer to the question about the actual um, computers. It's literally just a case of, well, they've turned around and they've thought we should have these for several reasons. I think the most important one is if you're going to do an enterprise stuff using a company, you have to have their stuff so you can test your enterprise software on it to make sure it's going to work properly. Do you think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just a perceived thought but do you think a company as big as ibm feels there's a little bit of kudos to be saying you know everyone's using a nice shiny little apple macbook of some sort rather than a should we say less shiny slightly more clunky plastic chinese manufactured alternative i mean is that just you know some sort of prejudice or do you think i don't know i mean i did actually sit down i've got a piece of paper next to me and i wrote down every different variant of every different macbook and every price of every variant of every different MacBook. And I was trying to work out, as an average, what, 200000 I'd guess that most people would get a cheap and cheerful one. And then the higher up the scale, you get one with slightly less cheap and cheerful. But the figures started getting so big that, you know, they're the type of figures you only think of with Apple, to be honest. And, what sort uh, of figures were they? How much? What are we talking? All right, we're talking about Show basically... The, the, the average was just about uh, over... Uh, fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, and we're talking about two hundred thousand times fifteen hundred dollars. And I was trying to work out a proper average because I was trying to do this professionally. What's the uh, total? Well, I didn't bother with the total because I was doing different. Well, that's, bits. that's the interesting number. Let's do it. No, do well, you, you can do a boring average. You could just do fifteen hundred. Don't want an average. 000. I want to see how much they're spending on all these computers. Okay. How much right, are they? Did you say fifteen hundred thousand? Fifteen hundred. The average was about fifteen hundred dollars. It wasn't quiet, but that will do. Don't it. forget that they've probably. Don't forget they've probably got a load of PCs that they can hand into Apple on a recycle program. <laughs> you reckon Apple will get one them? You know, That'd be a hell of a discount, the, wouldn't it? We give the whole of Africa a free. There you go. Uh, three hundred million dollars. How much um, discount do you think they're getting? Well, I wanted to know. I wondered if they're going to go in there with a student card. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, it's a nice story. It's a good idea. It does make some sort of sense. Um, But, like I say, I mean, discount-wise. Also, I know it sounds silly, but if they wanted these over a very short period of time, do Apple have that sort of um, 200,000 units knocking around? Yeah, no, it would, it would be a stage around. rollout, wouldn't it? It would go from the top downwards or something like that. I mean, let's not forget, you know, when people say, oh, you know, spending all this money on a laptop, they're not just spending money on the laptop. You know, they've got little Apple stores apparently are going to be, you know, appearing within the headquarters and, you know, the, the work environments as well. They're going to have all the features that you're going to get from being a retail um customer in a corporate environment and that's incredibly incredibly rare because when i was working for kpmg we had someone from ibm looking over looking looking after our thinkpads hardware wise uh and 
we got billed every single time, even though we were a corporate customer. So it's going to work out, I would say, overall. Yes, the unit cost is going to be higher, but I think if you factor into things like support, if anything goes wrong, there's literally someone in the, uh, someone there you can fix it. Now, that's got to figure into a bottom line as well. It's not just about, oh, you're spending this much on a laptop. It's the entire service as well that goes with it. And, you know, and if I would imagine if you're an IBM employee and you're traveling around the world and your MacBook breaks, you can just pop into your nearest city, go and see someone from Apple, and uh, hopefully you'll get something fixed. Yeah, well, do you reckon they're going to get uh, Apple Care Plus for, for nothing? <laughs> you would hope so. But then again, they've only got to sell a couple of their like X Blade servers or whatever they are, whatever they are, and they've been, you know, pretty much uh, they've got enough money from that. No, but I mean, I mean, so, you know, Jack, so I think it's really interesting if you think about, you know, the, you know, in in technology wise, the most corporate of corporate company, which is IBM. Um, they're showing real, real willing. They're saying, you know what, maybe the days of Windows-based only server, blah, 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 is over. And I think, you know, in a funny way, I think what it would do for Apple is probably business-wise more than enough just to give these to IBM for nothing because of, you know, what that's saying is so enormous. Do you actually have anything to say now you finish your first course and your butler is just nipping out to come and get your, your cheese second round? It's a rascal, that one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd like to know, you know, th- these are big numbers. 200,000 machines um, is a lot of computers um, and it's a lot of money. And more, Im- almost more importantly than Apple earning more money is who, who of the other tech giants is this taking away from? There's a big account here that's taking a massive hit by IBM um, I thought it was Lenovo somewhere I read. Somewhere I read Lenovo, which is sort of Chinese subsidiary company, isn't it? So You know, if they if they lose, you know, that's a reasonable amount of computers, isn't it, for them to lose overnight and send, you know, lose to Apple? I yeah. That's a I mean, can you imagine what the cash converters around IBM are going to be full, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> But I, I I don't know why. There. Is this a rumour or is this actually happening? Well, it's one of those that is probably happening, but it's just two bods from two companies sitting down being, you know, really trendy, probably wearing purple trousers and growing big beards. It's a they rumor. may have even met in a coffee shop writing their first so, screenplay. I think if they did do this, it would up um, it would up IBM's trendy rating, wouldn't it, by well, yeah. going around, although it would bring down the MacBook slightly. They'd probably <laughs> meet in the middle to become, you know, MacBooks would become 20% less trendy because IBM suits are walking around with them. But, yeah, I mean, I can't see this happening, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, and next, another Apple Insider story. We didn't go very far, did we, when we were scouting around? Apple could be held liable for supporting terrorism with strong iOS encryption. Experts theorize. I'm saying that two words, experts and theorize. And it's okay. A legal blog caused a bit of stir on Thursday when it proposed Apple, along with other tech companies fielding communication services protected by strong encryption methods, might be held liable for providing material support to a suspected terrorist. Right. Is this just Blackberry all over again? Is this just saying. Well, no, the thing is, I, I spoke to somebody. I, I spoke to, what do they say? I, I spoke to somebody. Uh, sources source familiar with the matter. Yeah, well, sources familiar with the matter, only because they read the story better than me and actually pointed out a few bits that I didn't notice. And he's six foot seven and he drinks a lot. Not saying who it is, right? But the source is closer to this story than me. 
pointed out, because I mentioned BlackBerry, and he sort of said the difference with BlackBerry is BlackBerry, when they originally started talking about it, they were saying, there's nothing we can do. It's encrypted to, in a way, and we have no access, and there's nothing we can do, and Mr. Saudi King, uh, sorry, but we can't help you. And then all of a sudden they said, well, actually, there is this bit of hardware that if you have installed in your country, then you can read everybody's BBMs or whatever they happen to be. Uh, they also had to employ someone that understand understood how to do text speak and talk like a thirteen year old girl. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> sorry, why are you giggling? Um, do you think? I mean, theoretically, I can see why this that could be considered. Apple are doing, and Google are doing, doing and doing and, doing and you know we use. Um, certain messages services that pride themselves on their, I don't know what it is, 256-bit encryption codings and things. I'm not sure why we go to that stage because if you really want to know what time we're meeting in the pub, we would tell you anyway. But, I mean, do you think there's anything of substance or is this, as somebody who should wear a tinfoil hat all the time pointed out, this comes from a government-led source? Right, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Pete because he's the only one smiling. <laughs> yeah, it's just when you mentioned about the 13-year-old girl, I just imagined my niece giving tech support and that would be hilarious. <laughs> and that's pretty much where this sort of thing comes from because it's oh, encryption so much fun and government sources are always complaining about it. So it's an easy thing to put out there. I mean, there's possibly nothing to it or there's everything to it. But the problem is we're never going to know because nobody's ever going to say for certain. It's the wonderful world of espionage basically but in the old days you know if you wrote on a piece of paper and you put it through the post unless the the agency involved got hold of that bit of paper and read it or you were really stupid enough to write it down with a really hard pencil and the and the piece of pad underneath you could get a few little filings and do that thing we all did as kids there was no way of knowing um right is it the is it the tech companies is it in their gift to offer this to us and then and be blamed for offering us heavy encryption because as far as i know the encryption that say apple i mean we're talking about apple but as far as i know the encryption they use apple don't actually have access or do they do apple have in in between you say writing a message and it been delivered it, it's encrypted i think it's encrypted on your phone isn't it before it's sent as opposed to encrypted by apple and then apple sort of pass it on at the other end and it's de-encrypted yeah, that- is there a part of Apple that has the ability to unencrypt it anyway? That's that's my question. I'm going to ask. Oh, I don't know. Rick looks really bored, so I'm going to ask Rick. Oh, I don't think they. I don't think they. Can it be decrypted at both ends? You can't decrypt something without a key. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's all about the keys. But I didn't know Apple actually had the key in the first place. I thought it was a key that's produced with your phone. With the they message. don't because uh, of the way it works. I'm not sure about that, but I don't. I mean, when Apple, when BlackBerry were trying to get into, when, when this story broke about BlackBerry, they were trying. They're in dire straits anyway, and they were trying to break into a new market. So it's quite important for them. Apple aren't in that situation, you know. They're they're sort of too big to be bullied around by the the government to a certain extent. I don't think they're going to just lie down and if someone says to do something, they're going to do it. It's just not going to happen. Um, I think. They probably under the under the table are working with the government to give them what they need. I would have thought. So if you are really naughty, then you're going to get caught um, doing it. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that we'd ever know at the level that they're probably snooping. I don't think we'd ever know about it. Whereas BlackBerry was a massive publicity nightmare, wasn't it? 
Yeah, that, that, that didn't end well, did it? But I always felt, I mean, but, you know, but aside the point, I always felt very sorry for BlackBerry because they did something very, very clever and they just didn't have the um, the leadership structure to do anything sensible with it. But never mind. Mark, have you anything to I, add? I was there in the uh, UAE when it came out that BlackBerry, this bastion of security, all of a sudden, um, they could view your messages. And then I was there when they had the great blackout which just so in just so happened happened to be coincidental when they upgraded a data center there and took everything down as well. So just to come back to iMessage, uh, on the Wikipedia page, the connection is encrypted with TLS using client-side certificate that is requested by the device on the message activation of iMessage. Apple claims that iMessages are protected by end-to-end encryption, so no one but the sender and receiver um, can access them and assures that Apple cannot decrypt the data and Apple does not log messages. This was backed up with um, something that Tim Cook said sometime somewhere a while back um, about, you know, about privacy being really, really important. I do like the way that we've sort of, we're going into the most technical show that we've done in a while without our man most familiar to the source. So this has been brilliant, brilliant timing. It's a very interesting thing because there, if something was to happen and they were to, you know, let's say, for example, a terrorist attack happened and it came out, it was all done on iMessage, would the, would the public then sort of like say, would the public be more willing to say, for Apple to say, yes, okay, we're now going to build in a backdoor so government agencies can view your messages if they go through us and they request a certain document? Or is it going to be that under no circumstances should Apple let anyone at any point for any reason have access to our messages, which I think is a, you know, that's a, a complete moral dilemma. Well, that is. I mean, it's a, it's a big moral dilemma, but I think it's one of those things, you know, the week after something terrible happens, we're all, you know what, let's give up some of our civil liberties, this can't happen, blah, blah, blah. And then six months down the line, everyone forgets about how vulnerable they felt at that time. And they're all like, actually, I want my civil liberties back. I, I think, really, it's a lose-lose situation. Um, you know, the technology does in- inevitably help people that are up to no good communicate more easily than they would have before but the fact that they're communicating a hell of a lot more probably means that they are more vulnerable to being caught through all the million and one one other things that we don't quite understand but thank god our security forces do so i think it's a chicken and egg and a 50 50 and every other um you know flip of a coin thing i can come up with any uh, any time so i think you know I don't know where I sit. I'm, I've always personally been one of these things. You know, I'm not that bothered who knows what as long as it's only used at a, at a time and a point when it's important. But, you know, a lot of people don't feel like this. A lot of people get, you know, instantly in uproar at the idea of anybody knowing something about them that they shouldn't. But I don't know. Mate, I'll be honest. I think it's because I'm a parent. And I think, you know, the idea of my kids being protected, even if it's like a theoretically slightly more safe because of somebody might know that I sent, uh, you know, a nudge, nudge, wink, wink text to my missus last week. I don't care, you know, but other people do. It's it's hard to balance it, but, you know, you like you say, it's never going to be show. Sorry? Can you read it out at the end of the show? For that text? The nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Well, I'll wait for the reply. We'll <laughs> put it in the outtakes. 
<laughs> yeah, the, right. your outtake's been brilliant in the last two episodes, Rick. You've been the, the task master of the outtake. I mean, let's not forget right. as well, you know, all these other messaging systems, I mean, what would people prefer? Would they prefer to have complete uh, anonymity and privacy or something like uh, WhatsApp and Viber and all the rest of these services that just keep popping up from nowhere and people just plow onto them willy-nilly? Um, well, funny thing is like WhatsApp and things like that. I only know WhatsApp. Because I can't even remember why I was talking. I think one of my kids said, Dad, you've got to have WhatsApp because I'm not messaging you any other way anymore. And then I started getting WhatsApp messages from people, and I didn't realize you really have to lock down WhatsApp if you don't want everybody that's ever had your mobile phone number to start bombarding you with rubbish. And, um, yeah, that was a bit scary. But personally, I think that's too far the other way. I think it's too far. It's just completely open unless you realize that you need to lock it down before you start. Right, where are we going now? Uh, I should have read the actual headline before I went to the next page. Edward Snow... Oh, good, you can tell Mark put... Not Mark. You can tell Carl put this together. It's Paranoia Central. Edward Snowden explains why Apple should continue to fight the government on encryption. Now, didn't we just talk about that? Yes. Right. So yeah. somebody, right, now I have I have my thoughts about Edmund Snowden. A lot of people think he's some sort of folk hero. He's a, the Robin Hood. Um, and they give him the time to speak and, you know, make his points valid. Um, I don't actually think the guy has got any valid point to make. I think he's a – personally, I think he was in a place doing a job and basically, you know, stole the company's rotor decks and decided to give it away. I don't – you know, whatever he did, he did. But I, I, no, I'm putting my cards on the table because of it's important where I come from in this story. Uh, a lot of people see him as a, as a hero. I, I personally see him as a, an attention seeker, mainly on the grounds of it. He did what he did. He should have, if he desperately thought it was important enough to put this information out there, he should have done that and disappeared. He's a bit like the Pope. He doesn't seem to have been done, done anything particularly special, but he's been given a platform to spout a load of rubbish. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, the what next is, you know, if it had one big brother, he'd probably got less attention than this. Yeah, he does get what, and yeah, I mean, he did, he did, he basically, like you say, stole a Rolodex, put it online. It's not yeah. like he was making a a massive statement about, he, I don't think when he did it, he was even making a massive statement about civil liberties, was he, or, or, or what uh, the government were doing, or what their, their, their the case in Iraq or Afghanistan or whatever. I'm yeah. not, I think he just was, um, I don't know. Maybe it may be someone paid him to do it. We don't know yet. But no. He'll bring out a book and earn millions. So. so anyway, so as the Obama administration campaign to stop the commercialization of strong encryption heats up, I think we've talked about that, National Security Agency whistleblower, I can think of another word, Edward Snowden is firing back on behalf of the companies like Apple, Google, uh, that are finding themselves under attack. Technologists and companies working to protect ordinary citizens should be applauded, not sued or prosecuted. Snowden wrote, in an email through his lawyer. Okay, so I mean, this is just an additional to what we said. Do you think? Okay, we're we're saying before we're not sure that these companies have got the power to do it anyway, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you do you think as he's saying that these companies should be applauded and not prosecuted? Is anyone prosecuting? This is the question. They're not is prosecuting. A, I don't think they're going to prosecute, are they? Yeah, I mean, it's no it just a storm in the, key, in the teacup. Um, this is a matter you know, I dare it. say if Google or Apple saw something incredibly suspicious on their servers and they thought, you know, heaven forbid that some major atrocity was going to happen, they would alert whatever authorities and say, and there's suspicious behavior on our servers. We can't tell you what it is. We don't know what's going on because we don't have the encryption. But 
you know, from place A to place B, you know, something is happening. Um, I, you know, there's a flag, go and do whatever you do, you know? I think places like Facebook are more of the, and Twitter are probably, they're the places that where all this is happening, aren't they? They're, they seem to be the main channels where this stuff is being touted. It's, it's, certainly, um, it's certainly a problem that there's, I mean, I'm going to use the word radicalization, and I don't necessarily mean that in the context of, you know, all the religious connotations that come up now. But there, there are very serious things going on. I mean, you know, okay, we can call radicalization what happened in London a few years back with the riots. These kids were all fired up, radicalized, you know, no color, no creed, no religion, nothing to do with that. But they were all worked up into a frenzy about something that none of them could give a monkey about. Mark Duggan, wasn't it, being shot? None of them could care. They just decided, oh, we're going to get going. It's all over Twitter, on Facebook. Let's go and smash up a cheap trainer shop and nick some sneakers, you know? that that's radicalization that is what twitter facebook and everything can be used for but you know it can be used it's more insidious it can be used for radicalizing people's thoughts on all sorts of subjects be it religious political you know non-ethical or, or you know a, a, a lion that gets shot in zimbabwe you know i mean the, as far as i'm concerned like you say, that is where things happen. That's where changes happen. And they're not always changes for good. You know, social social media, I mean, I think there's got a big point in there. Social media isn't necessarily innocent. You know, you, an idea on social media can spread, but it doesn't actually have to be a correct idea or a good idea or a nice idea or anything else. So, yeah, I, I think I, I don't know if I know if I'm agreeing with you, Rick, because I don't think you went as far and as big a tangent as I just did when you talked about social media. I, I lost you. I yeah, I, well, that's okay. I, I know I'm sort of superior. Sorry about that. Yeah, but you're still eating. I'm still um, eating. I'm looking at my meatballs thinking, I wonder if I've got time to have another couple of meatballs before Alex poses a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, should they be applauded? No. Should they be prosecuted? No. But should social media, in my opinion, be held a lot more responsible for some of the things that – I mean, there's no reason social media can't be more locked down. I mean, as long as it's locked down for everything and everybody – but then you've got the civil liberties. If I want to be a, a racist, you know, hater, troll, nasty piece of work, why shouldn't I be? Yeah, sure. But, you know, it's called social media, not anti-social media. I'm going to shut up now. Has anyone else got anything to say? <laughs> I thought we'd moved on already. I hate social media. Up I hate it all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mark, People say something sensible. Don't let Mick Rick talk because he's been We've horrible. turned into Radio 4 all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more for extra myself. If someone can tell me what to do with my geraniums in this wet season, I'll be very glad of it. Um, Don't go on a Facebook because someone will tell you to throw them in the bin, you scumbag. I just spent half of the day just sort of unmuting and unfollowing all these things like Dipley, like 10 shocking secrets that you can see in casinos and all that sort of nonsense. If people want to look at like their civil liberties and their privacy being eroded, I've just got one word, and that's Google. You know, you search for something like a, a bathroom light, and here I am looking at car parts. It says, oh, more bathroom lights you might be interested in in the advert, so, which is why I use ad blocking. Uh, I think yeah, it's more... If you, don't want to ha- if you don't want to have that happen, then there's a very good search engine called DuckDuckGo. Do you use DuckDuckGo? I keep rem- I reminding I myself to use it. Use DuckDuckGo. No, I don't think it's for that. I don't think it's necessarily for that. It's just um, if you don't want to be followed through the internet um, and 
see all those ridiculous ads and let Google know your information and whatnot, then try and use DuckDuckGo. It's quite good. I always duck find is in the the bird twice and then go. I always find it funny I can't when think uh... of a different type of duck. Well, I, they may have misheard me. My um, yeah, you accent. went to a different website altogether. Yeah, absolutely. Pete, have you got anything that isn't anti-me? You can say, <laughs> but you can be as rude to uh... Carl as you like. I mean, this is part of today's show. We haven't said anything about Matt yet. He's getting, he's getting <laughs> Yeah, well, you haven't heard the uh... bit of audio that the the listeners should hear by tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, obviously, just going back to Persona slightly, I'll go back to the social media in a minute as well. Uh, he did that purely for selfish reasons. There's nothing more to it than that. The fact is he's trying to justify what he did, in my personal opinion. But okay. that's just me on that one. As far as social media well, goes... Well, he didn't shoot a lion. He would have been in real trouble. Oh, yeah. You imagine, you imagine the problem that would have caused. The yeah. uproar, the, the we're going to get you. But as far as social media goes, I actually go with... Alex, to a point on this one, it needs to be locked down more because it's so easy to let people have information you don't want them to have. It's just not done well. And then with all the tracking and stuff, it's it's something you've got to be very careful of on social media. And it's very easy to get a group of people to do stupid things on social media because people as a group do not think. No, I, I, I pointed out to someone who was quite recently and I was having a social media conversation and I said, um, I mean, I didn't even follow this person on Facebook. And I was just chatting to her. I mean, you know, it was just a chat. And I said, do you know how careful you are with your social media? And she goes, oh, you know, I'm fairly careful. And so I sort of searched her name. I said, all right, so you, anyone can view your stuff here. And anyone can view your pictures. Where? And then with, with her in front of me and only on my phone, right? And I, I've got um, an Exif data app on my phone, but purely for my stuff. I went through her stuff and I said, look, you obviously live here. And I showed her on a map because there was pictures of her and her kids. And it was like, they're all at this map address. And she went, yeah, so you know where I live. And she's mentioned her kids. Oh, it's such and such 12th birthday today. Oh, it's my birthday tomorrow. I'll be 40 or whatever, you know. And I basically said, look, there's your age. There's where you live. There's your kids' names. I could probably go for it and work out where you work, work out where your mates are. You know, and I said, look, it's that easy. I'm not, I don't know all the tricks of the trade, but. You know, within, I reckon it was under five minutes, I told her things about herself where she was, you know, she'd gone grey in the face. You've really got to be careful. You've got to think. I mean, in a funny way, we're saying, oh, encryption this, encryption that. Matt, um, Rick said right from the beginning, we're giving away far more in social media than anything we could ever give away. But, have, you seen, um, have you seen Crystal Nose before? Crystal Nose. Crystal Nose is um, K-N-O-W-S. I was um, it's, thinking it wasn't duck, spelt like a duck. Yeah. <laughs> as in, not Crystal Nose, as in something you might um, put on your you nose. Har- the Harrison Ford's fifth, um, what do you call it? Yeah, whatever it was called. Search for the Holy Grail or something. The Crystal it, Nose. It's Ask a thing. That- <laughs> what is the Crystal Nose, Rick? The so Crystal Nose is a, a little app that works on LinkedIn. And it tells you, it tells the person at the other end how to approach you in a sales call. So it will say, um, it will give them certain information about you and tell the salesperson the stance to take with you, whether you they want a softly, softly approach, whether they want a straightforward approach, whether they want a chat, whether they want um, a quick, sharp, um, quick, sharp sales speech whatever but it, it mines your linkedin information and um and tells someone 
um, gets that all together and tells someone about you, which is scary in itself, as far as I'm concerned, because it's sort of one step beyond what you were doing to that poor woman in the bar, Alex, mm-hmm. um, where rather than you going through and getting all the information bit by bit and giving it to them, this thing mines it and then gives it all in one nice package to a random that you've never met. Um, and it does that by just searching all your um it's, I think it's more than LinkedIn searches all your all the publicly available stuff and gets your you know gets sort of a a snapshot of who you are as a person which I don't like the idea of well if if something is um should we say as innocuous as crystal's nose can mine that sort of information for you you imagine what governments and um you know various people that might not have you know might want more than just to you know sell you your perfume you've got but you know, you put it out there. The only difference is between now and before, the people that had access to ruin your life was quite small. You know, there, there was the people you knew in your local neighborhood, a couple of old school friends that knew things about you you're a little bit embarrassed about because you did them when you were 12, and that was it. And nowadays, you know, anybody anywhere can have that sort of access to um, you know, things you might not want the world to be reminding you of. You know, it's very hard to forget anything nowadays. Security experts. This is such a miserable show. I wonder why he put this one together. Security experts create worm that infects Mac firmware and is nearly, nearly, remember that word, nearly impossible to get rid of. Deep breath. Let's all get miserable about this one. Apple, Macs and OS X have traditionally been viewed as safer, more security secure alternatives to windows but researchers have proven that's not the case security experts created a worm that attaches itself to a max firmware and remains there no matter what right should we dig the bunkers now or should we just take a deep breath and we'll ask matt what he thinks about are we all going to hell in a handcart yet again did i say matt i meant mark sorry I was about to say, I was going to leave that pregnant pause in there. No, no, right. no, let's ask Matt. Matt, there you go, is making as much sense as normal. Mark, now well, your turn. Again, we've got one of the most technical shows about the most technical person well, being with in. us, dear Lord. Right, so this is the Thunder Strike 2 stealth firmware for Max. Now, basically, this is going to be very, very... the App Store? <laughs> no, yeah, well, you might... right, eBay might be a very, very big problem to buy anything Thunderbolt if this is anything to go by. Basically, we, as in a very simplified version, there is a virus that can be put on a, like on a BIOS or a Thunderbolt controller that will then infect your firmware on your PC or Mac. Um, basically, for all intents and purposes, compromise the boot flash firmware and people are going to get access to your machine. So what they what people haven't said is like, oh, Macs are under attack. Beware, your Mac is no longer safe. This exploit also applies to PCs, but you know, like Windows-based PCs. Well, it's but basically, Intel-based processes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Now, five out of the six vulnerabilities can also also be used on a Mac as well as PCs. Now, what the um, what this will do is once you've got this infestation on your machine it can then infect other stuff so for example it could infect a thunderbolt adapter it could inf- uh, infect an ssd so if it, if this gets out of control and apple don't patch this it's not too hard to imagine that ebay could get flooded with ethernet adapters 
or infect them in a factory, and then all of a sudden, you've got a big problem on your hands. Right now, this seems to be just a proof of concept that they can do it, and they have demonstrated this in a way that's way, way, way more um, competently described than I have. But again, it, this what, the, what got me about this was that, A, it's another virus that infects the Mac, because there's just been one, not one release today, but that there was a whole botnet issue today where hackers basically use flash injected ads uh, to download malware onto PCs and Macs. So it's going to be interesting to see how Apple and Intel, because don't forget this also infects Windows-based PCs, yeah, so say, it's Intel um, deal with it, because it is basically a firmware um, problem. Now, I would imagine Apple machines are going to fare a lot better for getting a firmware update because Apple have no problems in pushing out a software update to upgrade the firmware whenever they can. But all these other PC vendors, that's all I go, oh, well, you know, we see support for this machine in XYZ. Could you see, like, for example, Lenovo with all their millions and millions of laptops? Are they going to bother to patch it, patch it with anyone, say? Or is it just going to say, well, it's easy, just let this one run, you know, let it run through? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I can understand that. But if it's hardware based, um, the trouble is you could have. Um, it, it's the truest sense of a virus because it could sit dormant on, you know, you, you know, you could use a, um, a Thunderbolt drive on one machine. That machine might seem completely unaffected. It might not be affected, but it could be harboring the virus to then go on to that and then be passed on physically somewhere else in the truest sense of a virus. And I don't know. I mean, Carl did point out that this has come out at the time where and I can't remember because I was listening to what he said, but two sort of hacker conventions are running at the moment. And whenever, whenever those conventions are running, these stories get an awful lot of airtime. Um, are, are we living in a world where, I mean, everything is paranoid, isn't it? Carl's really done us over with this one. Are we living in a world where we're just constantly paranoid and everything that can go wrong will go wrong and because of my computer's got a Thunderbolt drive, I'm going to lose all the money at my bank account? Or are we we overly panicking? I know if you're the person it happens to, that's not good news. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, you used, oh, you know, Lenovo. I mean, one of the beauties of having an older Lenovo machine is not going to have the technology to be able to affect it. One thing I would say about this article is that it was it was written in such a way that it just annoyed me so much that Macs are vulnerable and it's like all the PC fanboys and yeah, I know cards are like me like anyone who's in that world jumped on the fact going, ha 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 ha, Macs have got a problem, Macs have got a problem. It was like Okay, they only account for like 3% or 5% of the world's total computers. And granted, they will probably be the highest percentage of Thunderbolt-based um, computers. But it was just more the way um, it was reported. Simon in the chat room says that there's nothing, uh, there's nothing new about firmware worms. What makes this one a bit unique is that you don't need physical access to the machine. It can actually be done. Um, via scripts over the internet. So there's nothing to stop you going to a site, some software runs, and then all of a sudden you're buggered. That's what I think yeah, is that, new about this one. That's the technical term I think we use there, yeah? Yes. <laughs> it's quite difficult to um, just go to a site and um, for some software to run without you doing something. Unless you're running Windows. 
Yeah, unless you're one of my thing. children, because of every time they do something like that, the, the plausible deniability, I think that's the technical term for what they do. Uh, well, there was an actual, um, uh, an actual hack today released on Mashable. Okay. Hackers are exploiting an OSX floor to install unwanted adware. This is actually in the wild. There's, people are actually using it to install uh, everyone's favorite Mac Keeper. Oh, um, but that is a virus on its own. And you know what? Matt used to say it. And they say, oh, that's a terrible thing to say. I'm sure it does a lot of good. And I had it on one of my Macs years ago, and I was like, it destroyed my Mac, actually. But it was only because of when it said, do you want to delete all that? I just went, yeah, why not? And then every um, key or whatever that I had on my machine, every um, uh, code that I'd ever put into after I bought a piece of software, had disappeared. So every bit of software I op- opened said, uh, you are no longer able to run the trial. Ver-. I'm like, what do you mean the trial version? I bought this four years ago, and I had to trawl through every email and search everything to go and find it again. But, yeah, I mean, that, that sometimes, I, I don't know um, where some of these, um, I, I don't know where it comes from, where some of these uh, bits, of, these pop-ups come from. I tell you, if I was a company, or put it this way, as a consumer, as soon as it's a company that turns up on a pop-up, that's it. You could be giving me free money. I'm never using you because, um, I don't know, if, if that's the level you've got to go to to get customers, I, I think you might be doing something wrong. Because, yeah, they, yeah it, it acts like a virus even if it's not. It behaves they, in the same way. So you don't recommend that I review it, Dad? Because I, I've, I've installed it. I mean, one of the things I have like really have you, annoying with the Mac. Mac Keeper? Yes. Okay. And you oh, said to dear. me earlier... My Mac's playing up like buggery. What the hell's wrong with it? Now we don't even. <laughs> yes. No, look, I'm Honestly, sure it does Mark, a good I'd job of something as soon as possible. You'll have, you'll probably have to nuke and pave to be honest. But there used to Seriously? be a thing that you actually had to download to get rid of it yeah. from Mac. It's a POS, and it, it's a real, a real pain to get rid of. It's like oh, views. Wipe the machine views, just to view, get rid of it. Little blue frog. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the same. It's just terrible, terrible software, and it will hide stuff all over your system. You've really got to you'll you'll struggle to get rid of it. Well, one thing I have noticed as well, there seems to be an awful lot of stuff running on my Mac, and yet when you go into system preferences uh, and you go into the doodah that says, "Oh, this is what's running on startup," and there's nothing in there, and I'm thinking. Why do I not like this? You know, for example, I know I can go into the app and say, um, "Don't run it startup," but why is it not in that list? And that just strikes me as being, "Oh God, are we? Am I? Is the Mac suddenly heading back into the thing of Windows and you know all that nastiness, which hopefully is not going to be a part of Windows 10, which I'm going to give a go this week." But it was like, what else was? What else was there? There was um, Box. Google Music wasn't in there, and a couple of others that were and Steam. That yeah, was all sorts there. of stuff. That's just um, that'll probably use Launch D to. Yeah, start that's a up. bit of a that's a bit of a pain. There's that's been different. certain things that I've had to go through, you know, Terminal to get rid of. And um, I mean, I can tell you why Terminal's called Terminal because it does exactly what it says. Once you start playing with that, it's pretty much Terminal. So um, yeah. Um, I'm 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 not being sued because of its Carl's show, but uh, I got rid of Mac Keeper when I had the chance. Um, I'm, I'm just lucky. That's I didn't it's called login that. items. Why would we be sued? I don't know. I don't like it's being rid of anyone's <laughs> anything. 
Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there that it does good for, especially the people that own it. Right, let's go on. I think um, you put this in Crystal for iOS. It wasn't it you, Mark? Yes, right. I'm so you. a couple of weeks ago, there was a chap who I've just followed on Twitter whose name I'm going to look up now to give him some free publicity because I always believe in that. And I'm not trying to pad at all. Who wrote an article? about um so with ios 9 you can use a json script for content blocking now apple were very careful not to say the word advert blocking but content blocking so this article basically said well with a very very simple script um, i went onto the imore site and when without the script the page was loading loads of requests taking up bandwidth and so for a normal page it was taking up 14 meg for one website that might be a little bit different after everything was cached he didn't actually go in to say that and his twitter handle is at crafty dino so we don't know if it was how much was cached how much wasn't but upon loading it was 14 meg when he ran the content blocker it came down to two but most most importantly the number of streaming http requests that you get for the things like serving adverts tracking where you come from and all that sort of stuff stopped working. So you basically browsing the net um, before adverts came up. Now, the other day, he's teasing Crystal, an an ad blocker for iOS 9. So this is only going to be available for those of you so far who are going to be on uh, iOS 9 public betas. And it says here, after thinking long and hard, I've decided to make a content block for iOS 9 with the goal of making web browsing with the iPhone and iPad a great experience again by blocking third-party tracking scripts that slow down websites along with giant adverts that take away valuable screen space. And I agree with him because there's nothing more annoying. And he says more and more often if you use something like Zite where you go into an article, you get the headline, and then you've got to scroll past the 300 by 250 block to get to the content. And it's just like, oh, you know, it just turns you off reading. Yeah, it could be one of the best articles you've ever uh, read. And it just turns me right off of wanting to read it. And I'll just scroll back and find something else. So it goes on to say, so far, I do have a working prototype that works great for the majority of websites I've, I've tested, but the app is far from finished. As it's currently in the alpha state, I have a number of features planned that have yet to be implemented. I'll talk more about them in later posts. I hope to release a public beta version shortly and uh, after Apple allow iOS 9 apps to be deployed by test flight. So it seems like at the moment, He's got something working, but his test flight isn't allowing stuff with iOS 9, probably because iOS 9 is far from completion. If you would like to register interest in beta testing or the general release of the app, fill out the form below. So if you are interested, you can head over to murphyapps.co, which is M-U-R-P-H-Y-A-P-P-S dot C-O, and take a look. So my question is here, how much of your browsing would you say gets tedious because of adverts that just sort of, they're there and they don't add anything to what you're reading. Oh, okay. Uh, is this on the iOS or just in general? I believe this is just going to be on iOS 9 to start with, but it's not too hard to imagine that um, Adblock for Safari is not going to have a competitor soon. Sure. No, I mean, I find uh, there's certain – it tends to be the things – I mean, we're going on about um, social media. It tends to the thing, be the things that are linked from social media. Um, and it's the moment you click on them, you'll have – the 10 most, I don't know, I can't think, it would be the 10 most ludicrous things you've ever thought of, right? But there'll be 10 pages and you have to go next for each, right? So it'll be massive advert, little picture, some absolute nonsense writing, 
massive advert, massive advert, massive advert. And, you know, so you don't get 10 things on one page. You then have to then do the click to the next page. Yeah. And then you get another 10 ad things and then the advert. So you have to flick through 10 pages of absolute rubbish for no reason whatsoever because it's all a load of nonsense. None of it. But, the, you know, the, there is whole parts and major whole parts of the internet that are purely, you know, I, mean, I think in the old days, porn sites used to be the place you used to see this thing, didn't you? I mean, I'm not told about it, obviously. I've never been there. But, you know, the idea would be like there'd be some picture of something that you might want to watch or look at with pages and pages and pages of adverts surrounding it. And now there's whole sections of the entire internet that that's the point. You know, you're sent there with like, I don't know, 10 most silly things cats have ever done on a walking stick, you know, and you might be into looking at pictures of cats on a walking stick, you know, but you'll be subjected to 95% of that page will be adverts. One of the beautiful things I find in Safari, other than the fact that it's quite a pain as a browser at times, but the reader, as soon as I find a site where it's got reader available, the pleasure of looking at that site becomes, it's like reading a glorious book as opposed to an awful piece of ad you know it's an ad bit of advertising the internet with a tiny bit of information somewhere in the middle if you can be bothered to look for it so as far as i'm concerned more power to this guy's elbow and on the the phone i really i've got to the point now that you know i'll read a headline and as soon as you know it'll be headline line advert line advert line and it's like you, you have to scroll down for 15 minutes to actually get through maybe seven lines of stuff and by the time you get to the bottom you can't even remember why you started reading it in the first place you still awake uh yes i am i'm listening do you find advertising on this sort of uh you know basically is ad blocking something that you're interested in Certain sites use certain adverts, which um, Sarek has mentioned in the chat room, for instance, they use inline ads or really big banner ones. And it's just really off-putting. Those, I love the blocking. But there's also the flip side of a lot of these websites need this stuff because that's how they make their money. And to be honest, if it's a site that I like and I want to follow, then I will want to help them and I'll view their adverts. But I don't want to be putting up with things that pop up and cover everything else. So they've got to find a balance and do it properly. And ultimately, if it means I have to use an ad blocker, then I'll use an ad blocker. But I can see the point for both sides. I mean, I, I got really, um, what is it, HTML6? I can't remember that. what we're in now. It must be. No, I haven't looked since it changed. The, the thing that bothers me is that, um, you know, when you scroll down, scroll down the page, you've got those fixed adverts on the side that scroll with you. So oh, like yes. normally with an advert or when you're scrolling, you can you scroll down at least you can sort of get rid of it as you're reading, but the adverts track back up the side. And it's done the technology isn't there because it's done in such a poor way that it sort of judders and it becomes even more in your eye line because it's not moving. Because what you're reading is moving and everything else is judderingly starting to try and come back and so it's like I don't care where you go. You can go up, you can go down, you can go left, you can go right. You are not getting rid of me. And I've got to be honest, there are very, very, very few times that I will continue reading on the page because I find it so utterly distracting. It puts me off what I'm reading. I say, when it does that, yeah, you just want to go, no, I'm not reading anymore because that is just bad. I mean, fine, show me your advert, but leave it once I go into the next section. I don't need to keep seeing it. Yeah, I mean, it follows you around. It's tagged. You know, it might as well be tattooed on your eyeballs, as they say. Richard, um, because he was 
so gallant to rush home from work and run straight in to start podcasting has had to take a break for a few moments. Hopefully he'll be back. He's left his internet on, so maybe we can get a virus on his computer somehow. Right, I'm going to try and rush through a few things now because um, I'm sure we've been talking in-depth on so many paranoid matters. We must be running behind time. So I will go for, I'll leave a little break, the rumour mill. Apple to announce next generation Apple TV in September without web TV service. Uh, Apple is set to announce its next generation Apple TV in September alongside the next generation iPhone, according to John. Oh, wow, this is a good one. Pax Skowalski uh, from BuzzFeed. Uh, the device itself is pretty much as we described in our March, uh, in March sources say, but more polished. Oh, so it's definitely aluminium. Um, after some additional tweaks, expect a refresh and similar chassis and new innards, Apple's A8 system on chip, a new remote that sources say has been drastically improved via touchpad input, um, an increase in onboard storage and an improvement in operating system that will support Siri voice control. Crucially, the Apple TV will debut alongside a long-awaited app store and the software development kit Developers need to populate it. Yippee, Yahoo! I really love my Fire TV. Got to admit, Apple would have to do something quite sensational for me to say, for my needs, it's any better than my Fire TV. Look, they're, they're finally listening. Apple are notoriously not good at listening to what people want until they're ready to give people what they want to give them. Are we pleased Apple TV is getting maybe an update? Is this a good thing? It says without web TV. But it's only a software thing, web TV, so we can ignore that to a point. Rick, you use Apple TVs. Please say you use Apple TVs. I do. Hey! Yeah, I use them quite a lot. I really like them. Do you like um, the I idea find of movies this? on them. Did you come in in time to hear any of it? I read it. I read the article. Oh. I prepared. i fastidious in my preparation for this show, Alex, and I've well already done. read So you read song. it on the bus? <laughs> yes. Well <done. laughs> um this is just this is the uh, rumor that keeps on giving, isn't it? The Apple TV yeah. is coming rumor. Um, I think it's Apple TV is in the little box rather than a big Apple TV. Oh yeah, absolutely. But that's, I mean, uh, I don't think anyone out there really believes that Apple are bringing out a, a panel anymore, a screen uh, with a TV on it anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I I want them to update this thing like we've been saying for donkeys years. It's old. It's slow and trying to find content on it as a dog so yeah hopefully they'll um they'll release it but it's got to the point now where um i'll sort of believe it when i see it you know the siri integration is uh is very important the favorite thing i've got is sitting there pressing the button on my fire tv saying something it never ever ever gets it wrong and i don't know how but it doesn't uh, Debbie and then does it- dallas <laughs> yeah, well, it would, it would come up. It would offer me it, even if it was a, a paid extra. But, um, yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, apps are makes damn sense. I mean, even my old WD thing had apps that you could download. The, the you know, Western Digital, no, not that. What's this called? The Amazon thing. It has an app store. You can sideways. Uh, it's built in to be able to add things that aren't necessarily in the app store if you want to take that risk. You know, basically, it's Android-based, so they're saying, you know what, it's yours. You don't have to break this thing if you want to change it, but, you know, if you change it, here's the default button to set it back to how you got it in the first place, which is a nice little touch. It's still there for the taking as well, isn't it? Because at the moment, I have a Now TV. Do you have a Now TV? Yeah, I have a Now, now TV. TV. 
um, which is very good. You've got, you've got a lot of the catch-up stuff on there. From... It's also got catch-up stuff that some of the others haven't got, like Channel 4. Does yeah. it do Channel live TV? Channel 4 is on Now TV, and you can't Channel really find five. that on anything other than a TV. Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. And Now TV is all right if you get the free – got a free trial for it. Um, Have you got the little puck one? Yes. Yeah, right. it's just a Roku box. In right. fact, if you yeah. search on my network, see what I've got on my network, it comes up as the a Roku box as opposed to a Now box. Now, um, right, anyway. As you'd expect it. <laughs> okay. uh, and then I've got the T, and then I've got the Apple TV, and then I've got the, the TV with its own smart functionality. So it's all a bit over, all over the place at the moment. Um, and you sort of would, I would have thought it would be stepping away from um, anything being built into the actual TVs at all, them just being standard panels um, that you then plug your box of choice into, in the same way that you've got a computer. You know, you can have you can have most screens um, or almost any screen you'd like with any little computer you'd like. Um, yeah, and I can see it going that way with TVs, where you just have a, a flat panel, five K screen with no intelligence in it at all, and then just have a box underneath it that does everything else, which you then can swap out whenever you like. Okay, so a box with no intelligence at all. Maybe we should call that the the Carl TV. Right, um, let's have a look who's still awake. Um, yeah, Mark, you moved. You're awake. Hello. Um, Hello. It's not a question of does the Apple TV need new hardware to become faster because if it's capable of playing 1080p video, then what more does it need to do to be faster? I think and it needs some sort of graphics chip to actually be, uh, you know, uh, if you like, uh, an iPod Touch that uh, attaches to the telly, you know, something that can actually take apps and have some other if, functionality other if than just the blue, a dumb if, box. The, the problem I see with it is that it's a great gaming console because you've got the gaming console in your hand and that is the iPod or iPad or whatever, whatever, iPhone. Mm-hmm. It's just the latency. So that's the bit that they need to concentrate on and getting their network request time down because everyone's saying that, you know, Google's faster, Amazon's faster, all well, those Amazon all is the, instant. It might yeah. be because I'm the only one using it. But, it's but that's not down to hardware, though. That, that can't all be down to hardware. That's got to be down to, you know, their whatever network protocols and devices and all that sort of stuff that they've got going on. Or giving us priority over whatever else is going on on that network, which is quite nice. Yeah, and we, we've got to remember, I mean, I'm not giving Apple a pass, but Apple is still very, very new to the world of networking. Now, as to what's going to be coming up in the new Apple TV, there was in the, in the WWDC doohickey, there was the infamous map of um, conspiracy where it was, it was basically a grid, it was like a, an outline view of a room and it looked just a little bit too sort of blank and bare and I can't remember what it was for. I'll, um, I'll go and dig it out and put it in the show notes. And it just seemed to be right at the part of the presentation where they skipped over something. And I reckon that had something to do with it, with content deals because Apple are bound to have the hardware done, down, ready. It's just all the hardware deals. And the problem is now is like things like HBO Go, which was an exclusive, but now isn't. Apple are going to have a really hard time getting people to come to their platform and say, come to our platform and pay us 30% if people want to pay through us where they can go to i know they still got to pay with amazon but roku name tv and all these other little people have sort of nibbled away at the market and sort of left apple with with not a lot really to choose from well, no but that's wise. a problem 
I mean, that is a big problem because forget about, uh, you know, Amazon Prime, if you like, uh, Netflix and all the others. You've also got every cable company on the planet and every TV company on the planet doing the same thing. I will make a prediction that that when Apple TV comes out, I'll make a prediction now, it will be predominantly US only. I don't think Apple... Well, I, I think they've. We're, I don't think they've tied down really badly, uh, really tightly as well. The US. Yeah, but I don't see anyone. So, because the BBC tried it with Top Gear, didn't they? They did BBC doing a simulcast worldwide, uh, and then they basically pulled their um, their BBC worldwide channel. They're going to pull it. So, if the BBC can't do it with something like Top Gear, but then again, the BBC, you know, they're doing, you know, they're closing everything down left, right, and centre. I don't see. I, I don't think Apple has the clout that it ha- that it used to have to be able to do that. I think they'll come up with something special. It'll be US only. I think it will be content related. I think it will be more of a centralized hub. Uh, maybe it will do things like um, streaming or multiplexing so you can watch different channels but through the same box or but you know, with, without as much bandwidth. I think they'll bring something new to it. But I don't know what. Well, H two six five has got to come into play because Apple designed that a long time ago. Yeah, and funnily enough, uh, on the more nefarious sort of torrenting sites, two six five has just started coming down the line to be mainstream. But that requires a heck of a lot of uh, power. So, so I suppose Maybe I'm just contradicting myself. System on a chip. No? Yeah, well, no. the A9, that's pr- that pretty much could just be built for H.265, so perhaps that sure. is going to be the great unveiling. The App Store, does that suggest that possibly they're going to open it up to these third-party apps that all the other boxes are open to? You know, all the other streaming services, will you be able to just get them simply App Store, bang, bang, instead of bringing out their own streaming service, basically making those streaming services available to Apple customers through that box? I would say it depends how much penetration that people like um, Amazon, Sky, Now TV, UView, and all the rest of these other piddly boxes that keep coming out, how much penetration they've got and their numbers to think, well, are we big enough not to go on? It's all a question now. I think if they're going to think of, are we big enough to not go on this platform? And I think that's what it will come down to. Well, maybe Apple Music was a testing pad. Peter, you got any opinions? Yeah. Uh, as far as the Apple TV goes, I'm an Apple TV user, and I kind of like mine a lot because of a lot of things it does. I do think a lot of the problems with it bit, that will probably have held it up will be to do with the HomeKit encryption stuff as well because there's been a lot of problems with people getting accessories ready to be released. And apparently the Apple TV is supposed to be a hub for this stuff. So I'm wondering if that's also held it up because of this had True. to embed all of that as well as all the, 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 apparently the app store, the TV stuff, and all the other rumored stuff that's supposed to be in it. So that could be why it's been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. But I'd like to see a new version. It'd be nice. But I think the actual content deal isn't that big a thing, not worldwide anyway. And as I think Mark mentioned, I think if, it, if we do get like the Apple content stuff, the streaming service, it will be US only, simply because doing it worldwide is going to be so much more complicated than even doing Apple Music. Sure. No, I mean, I, I personally have an opinion. A lot of people think, oh, an Apple TV, it has to be the be on end all. I don't agree. I, 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 yeah. I, you know, I mean, Mark used the word, you know, all these boxes. I don't personally mind. I've got different boxes in different rooms because they do slightly different things, and I quite like that. And I quite like the fact that, you know, I've got my Fire TV uh, special offer. I think I paid about 
40 quid for it, you know? And I don't know what the full price was. It was 80 at the time. I think it's come down since. So, I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy to have different things that do different things. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm eclectic in my not being able to use things. I can't use any of them, and I have no problem. Right, uh, quickly moving on, because we are running long. Uh, Apple is preparing to launch a voicemail service that will use Siri to transcribe your messages. So we're going to have something that's left in a voice, and then it's going to be written down messages and they're getting them transcribed are we all going to get paranoid and say oh no siri's going to know all our messages now is it something we need i mean i know um richard needs it because he wants siri to be his secretary i'd call her your pa because she'd have more respect for you if you did but um i'd like her to be my secretary in the in the same way that the lady in the movie the secretary is um... your secretary okay all right i get what you mean yeah yeah i'm I'm glad you're is that possible can i have that can i where do I where do I write my name up for that? Well, I'm sure. It, it might be a, a special add-on with the new Apple TV. You never. Um, anyone want this? I, I think it's a nice idea. Um, I I did have the service that basically it transcribed it and it sent you it as an email. No, it's and the wrong way around. I want Siri to say my text messages when they arrive. Which you can do anyway. To, if I have my yes, but if I have my um, headphones in and. Um, I'm walking along or I'm moving anyway. I'd like Siri to barge in, pause it, and talk my text messages to me. Hey, um, wait. would you like to know what your wife has said? Yeah. You know, I could say you can do read message and stuff, but unless you're a psychopath, who talks to the phone? Um, so I'd, I'd quite like to That's just have thing it. to talk to Carl about next week when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, just like, I'd just like to have it do it for me. You know, or, or I agree. I understand that not everyone wants that. Um, so I'd quite like there just to be the option to do it. More options. There's not enough options. One thing you go, one thing you learn when you go to the Android device is that you have infinite options to do all sorts of stuff on your phone. Um, with a Mac, you just don't have nearly, as, nearly enough um, configurability. Is that even a word? That's a good one. Configurability. Um, and I'd, I'd quite like that to be one of them, along with my... Like you say, Alex, my person that um, reads me my voicemails or, or a configurable secretary. We've all wanted one of those at some point or another. Peter, would you like your email transcribed? No, not your. How would you want your emails transcribed? <laughs> they start off that way. Would you like this doohickey to doohickey it for you? There are times I think it'd be useful, and there's times it'd also be quite annoying. So I think it's like it'd be useful as long as you can also turn it off. Options. Yes, basically. There you go. And quickly, Mark, would you like the option? Yeah, because I hate dialing into my voicemail because it's always bad news. So whenever it says, dear Mr. Chapel, it's like, oh, God, what do you want now? Unfortunately. Yeah. We regret to inform you. It's like, oh, God. Uh, Yeah, because it's all like going into voicemail is... All right, it's it's not complicated, but it's just a faff. It's like press the voicemail button, press one to listen to your voicemails, press three to delete it, and it's like, well, if it comes through as a text, I think that's going to stick with me more than having to go through it. So I'm up for I it mean, as I, long as it's secure like, and yeah, Edward Snowden like. doesn't get access to it, and iMessage doesn't get hacked, and my firmware doesn't get hacked, or I use Flash in my, in some Flash somehow gets his hands on it. Uh, yeah, I can see why I, you and Carl get on so well. Well, <laughs> you have the same really jolly outlook on that <laughs> we just need to get rid of flash and then the world can breathe a collective sigh, sigh of relief and go on we've done it now we've won steve jobs saw this coming ages ago right okay right very quickly worth a tweet 
And Rick, nobody ever expects you to. Oh, uh, I, I, I have them. I just haven't found anything worth. I like them to be really, really worth a tweet. Really, 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 not just really an email. So not worth a tweet, but it have been. So next week, hang on, let me just change the show notes to maybe, maybe, maybe um, Tinder. Put Tinder on. Yeah, you could do. Really, really just worth a tweet. Really, there, there you go. Really, really worth a tweet. So I'm, next time you're on, you, you have to have something that's really, really. We, we need a doorbell update because that went down such a so, so excellently last week when we had doorbell chat. Oh, we're running oh, long. Chat, we're running yeah. long. If we if we talk doorbells here, we'll oh no, we've got two minutes for the doorbell. So Rick, how's your doorbell? My doorbell, I tell you what, is fantastic. Excellent. Transcribe a message of who's at the door for you and send it to you via Siri. Well, they released a, a little update to me um, this week where I can go online and see all my doorbell activity, which is Oh, exciting. wow. You know how often it was rung? I do know how often it was rung. Um, the, the only downside to it at the moment chart. is that I've had it for, what, a month, a month and a half or something? No one's and, been there. Um, it needs a charge. Did the, it arrived um, only about 50% charge, so it now needs a charge. Yeah, they probably would charge you more in customs and excise if it had been fully charged. Pete, have you got a doorbell? <laughs> no. And Alex, how is your seven... Don't trust people that don't have doorbells. I, actually, I think it's very self... I'm sorry, Pete, I don't want to fall out with you about this. No, no, you go to my house and it hasn't got a doorbell, you sit there and you go, sorry, I've now got to physically bang on that door and, and probably do it quite hard because of they've chosen not to. I mean, how much is a cheap remote doorbell? You don't even need to drill a hole through the wall. Come on, come on. My doorbell's very well, thank you very much. To be fair, the guy from not, Amazon's wrong it twice this week. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. It's not like I haven't had them. It's just they always break. So I just got to a point where I just can't be bothered anymore. Your, your relationship with doorbells is the problem, not the doorbell itself. Yeah, we just don't get on. Yeah. All, right, all right, okay. Well, we'll, we'll send you to... Uh, Doorbells anonymous and see what we can do for you. Right, worth a tweet. I'm going to go first just because if, if I don't do it now, it will never happen. Um, yoink. Y O, no, yes, Y O I N K. Now, it's a little application by Matthias Granzringler. It's in the Mac store for free 99 Now, what is Yoink? You may be asking, or probably not because you don't care. Yoink is actually quite a useful little app, right? What it does, it's a drag and drop app. So you have a Yoink. Uh, like icon on the screen and you can have it in various things you can have it in the in the menu etc and if you want to do a drag and drop it's a drag drop it into there and it stays there it's like a it's like a memory of what you wanted to move and then you can drag and drop it to the other place afterwards or a later date or whatever you want now the reason this is useful for me is whilst dealing with older people shall we say elderly or just slightly older than me which is probably elderly now uh the amount of times i've sort of said no drag and drop and the dexterity you'd be amazed i mean we are born to it and we're slightly younger but it does take a fair bit of dexterity to drag something hold it get it to where you want it to be wait for that thing to open and it can produce real problems and quite often there's a real frustration especially when you're doing it over the phone to someone say now you need to drag it out of that folder and drop it on there or you need to move this uh and it, some people do find it for physical or whatever reason very difficult to do. But what this does, it gives you, if you like, a second attempt. So you can drag it into one place, you know, so you know you've only got to move it thus far. And you haven't got to sort of – one of the things I find with Mac, sometimes when you're dragging over people and I watch people do it, they sort of wait for the next folder to sort of 
activate so you know you're dropping it into the right place. And it can be a real problem for some people, and especially older people. So I really like this. Three ninety nine, yeah, it's a little bit steep, but you know, it's a one off purchase that in a lot of ways can save people a lot of problems. So if you just say like stick it in yoink, yeah, stick it in yoink and then open the other folder and then pull it out. And it makes sort of more sense to certain people as well. So I'm recommending it on the grounds of, um, you know, have a look at it just because of you might not think you need it, but you there'll be a lot of people out there that go, you know, when I spoke to my dad or my mum or my grandma, trying to get her to drag and drop from one place to another was a real nightmare. So have a look at Yoink. I heartily recommend it as an idea as much as an application. Did you know you can speed up that process? Um, I think most people know this already, but if you're dragging into a folder and you, you want the folder to open mm-hmm. um, so that you can drag into it, then if you press spacebar, it'll open it instantly rather than you having to wait the few seconds. Yeah. For it. No, I, I do know that. And some of the people I talk to, if you ask them to do two different things at one time, you know what? So I hold down the left mouse whilst moving it and pressing the space bar, you might as well be talking in a foreign language and to people with no arms. Right, but yes, thank you for the tip. I, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm heartfelt gratitude. You don't sound very grateful, Alex. I know, and that's because I'm facetious. I right. wouldn't say you're tremendously grateful. All right. On the level of gratefulness, it's almost as much as Interflora and not knocking on my door with flowers. Yes, I was about to say, at least, at least, unlike Peter, if they did knock on the door, there's a bell. Right. Mark, have you got a doorbell? We didn't ask. This is all new technology where I live. So, no, I rely on my two Labradors, which are a way, way, way better doorbell than that. I like the human... I like the human interaction, you know. Am I going to answer the door? Am I not? Is he going to press it again? Is he going to, like, give me the time to walk from my bedroom and the garden to the you know, to the, uh, to the door before he hits the door again instead of having to go through the effort of pressing a doorbell? And, you know, I've got a fairly substantial door, so I want people to knock on it. I want to get my money's worth out of this solid, best veneered plywood door that money couldn't buy. You know, that, that's what they're for. I mean, it's got a brass knocker as well, so... I'd rather wake up to the rattling sounds of a brass knocker than a ding of a dong. I'm sure there's films about that. So my What's tweet of the week? tweet before we get banned for life? So moving swiftly on there, my tweet of the week is something that I've only just received the other day and I'm still testing it. It is Cinder, the world's only glass screen protector with real curved edges. So you know what it's like? You can buy those screen protectors from eBay, which cost a couple of quid or 50p, and you peel, you clean your screen and you stick them down, and it protects your iPhone, you know, from like dusting gunk and the odd, you know, the odd coin here and there. But it's not anything really substantial. And with the iPhone 6, it doesn't protect the rounded side of the iPhone 6. Well, Cinder is a next step up from those horrible plastic things, where it's in fact it's a gigantic step up because it's the world's first glass protector made out of gorilla glass with real curved edges for the iPhone 6 or 6 Plus. Now, you may think that... With real gorillas for a minute, but uh, (laughs) I'm slightly disappointed that you went that way, but never mind. So, guys, throw me completely off my script here. (laughs) Now, you might think that because it's made from Gorilla Glass, it's going to add quite a bit of bog, but only add 0.2 millimetres to the width of the phone, meaning that most cases are still going to be able to grip around it. 
it's uh, the protective screens. Re this this screen really does mean I've tested this with keys and coins. You don't have to worry about that awful moment where you've dumped your phone into your pocket, realizing you got a load of loose change in there, and you end up with scratches on your screen, or if you drop it on the floor. It invariably lands face down, and then you don't pick it up straight away because you've got that moment of fear going. If I pick this up and it's broken, I'm going to be heartbroken. This thing protects up to 9H. I don't know what the H means, but looking on the internet... Hits. Hits. Is it? Is it hits? Might be. It just says Elephants. H on the website. Anyway, it's... Holograms. Hardness. That might be it. This basically, this scale means that it's hard enough to resist scratches from anything that's not topaz, or, and this is a new word today. Why does it matter what colour it is? Corundrum, extremely hard aluminium oxide, but it isn't completely shatterproof. So it's a, it's a first. In fact, it's the world's first. They've sent it for me for review. I'm still giving it a bit of a shakedown and test everything. Um, it's I mean, in the most properly, literal sense. Properly test it without breaking. My phone is already. The possibility of breaking your phone. This is my iPhone 6 is the most battered iPhone that's ever going to be hitting eBay when the new iPhone comes out. And, this, and, that, and that's a good point because if you look at how much a phone will sell on eBay, close to the time when Apple are going to release a new iPhone, the ones that have slight damage or a scratch screen get way, way less than the retail price of what the what this screen protector is going to be. So it's not out yet. It's going to be coming out very soon. It's a recommended retail price of $39.99 or $49.99 for the 6 Plus. A little bit expensive, but it is worth it if you want. really do want to keep the entire screen protected. Like I said, it does do the curve size. For more technology, you can go to facebook.com slash Coopert Technology, which is C-U-P-E-R-T Technology, or coopert.com, which is C-U-P-E-R-T.com. And they've got some really nice videos. And if you go on, if you search for them, you can find the Indiegogo campaign where they've got some really kick-ass videos there just to show you how exactly tough this is. Right. Uh, reviews, I don't know. No one tells me anything. We're going to play the sad noise anyway, because even if we've got reviews, I'd leave them to Carl or Mark to do them at a later date. How can you get hold of Mac and Forth? If you're mad enough to want to, you can search for Mac and Forth on Google Plus Communities. And now, on our, I say our, I'm not taking the blame for this, he's, theirs, nothing to do with me, new Facebook page. You can email macandforth at gmail.com if you really want. Uh, Twitter is at macandforth, but don't expect Carl to pay any notice. The website is macandforth.com, and it's also available on Stitcher. And now, tune in radio too. There is an Amazon Associates link, and uh, please go and spend lots of money because of, um, why not? You get what you want, he gets what he wants, and Amazon pick up the cost. Everyone's a winner. Don't be silly. Go out and spend lots of money on Amazon and use the Amazon Associates link on this page. After I've offended Carl as much as I have, how can we get a hold of everyone? I'm going to give Carl's um, email, Twitter thingy. I'm going to give his phone number if you really want. You can find him at Claw0101, uh, just because of the last three weeks, no one's written to him because he hasn't had the opportunity to beg people on here to talk to him. I will go one and all. I shall ask Mark, even though I can read what it says. Mark, shall I read it for you? Would that be fun? I was just trying to unmute my microphone then before you came to me. As always, you can get hold of me via Twitter at OceanSpeed on my small apple slice of the internet, essentialmark.co.uk. And of course, my semi-daily um, 
podcast thingy called The Rampant Mumblings, available on the iTunes store. Thank you very much, Mark. I'm sorry to take over your hosting duties. But the one thing this show has proved is that you're far better than you thought. Right, Peter, where can we find you? <laughs> okay, well, when I'm ignoring my door, you can find me on Twitter for Peter78. You can also find me on the Deep Look what Podcast. What year were you born? Well, take a wild guess. Yes, exactly. I'm going to have a look and find out when your Facebook comes up on, your birthday it's, comes up on Facebook. It's, and it's not on there. Uh, <laughs> go on, where can you find you, Peter78? Okay. Yeah, trust me, it tells you nothing. It really doesn't. Um, okay, you can find me on the Deep Look Podcast, which uh, you'll be able to find on iTunes. It's easy enough. Um, also, there's my website, which is acropolisthelastlight.com. You can find all my stuff on there. And also, you're quite a prolific author and oh, yeah, a Tottenham that, supporter. Yeah, all that stuff's on there as well. Yeah, yeah no, you I read can, it today. Yeah, you can all have fun on about the last one, if you like, but I don't care. But no, but yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you on now? Your fourth or fifth book? It's something like that. I'm in the middle of writing one at the moment, actually. I oh, know, you put me to shame. I mean, I have, I have trouble taking notes down when someone leaves a message on the phone. Richard, when you're not going watching people doing nefarious naughty things in copses what and where can we get hold of you you what, can get, get hold, hold of you? that doesn't make any sense at all. But anyway. you can grab hold of me at uh on twitter at just mcc blimey that's a mouthful isn't it? why don't you just call yourself something spellable yes. um or you can get hold of him at any clearing in a wood in South West London. In and around the Richmond area. In and around the Richmond area. Okay, well done. Um, me? Um, I've, yeah, I'm not that person anymore. I'm now at Very British Life, as opposed to the old Very British View, because I had just so many people over the last couple of years saying, you sound like you're a right-wing fascist group, Very British View. And I, quite frankly, I couldn't be more opposite if I tried. So I'm, I'm now Very British. No, I, I'm, I'm a fascist all on my own. No, uh, so it's now at Very British Life. Um, that'll probably have to change as well because somebody will find some reason why that's offensive. So, um, yeah, you can find us there. I do apologise to Carl and anybody that's listened to this. Um, if you want to hear it done properly, you never know. Carl might be back next week, depending on stuff. Um, and I can't tell you for sure whether he does or doesn't have a doorbell. But until then... As Carl would say, be nice to each other, stay safe or something like that in a different order. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week or sometime in the near future. Goodbye. that down a bit some of it it seemed too long no it'll be all right crap he doesn't like it too long